Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Alright folks, welcome to another episode of Apple and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well folks, um, these episodes after we have big guests are always a bit kind of surreal because you're like, oh, we haven't got a big guest today, we're just chatting to each other. Um, which really we should be excited about because this is the highlight of Man and Danny's week, but it's for me anyway. <laughs> and uh, whenever you haven't got a big guest, because we've been, we've been delivering this season, it's kind of like, oh, oh it's just us, us chatting about football now, which we should be grateful for, but it just doesn't seem... Um, you don't get as excited about when you've got a big guest. I mean, George last week was amazing. Plenty of good feedback. Um, what a gentleman he is. Um, mm. And yeah, thank you so much for, for getting George on. But in the meantime, we played two big games, one in the Premier League and one in the Champions League. I'm sure you, I'm sure you know the results, um, which we're going to discuss and divulge into. And I'm going to look ahead to the Leeds game um, next week. Um, but in the meantime, Danny, how have you been? Um, obviously, you've watched the football this week. Um how are you keeping and, you know, how are you? Doing good, thank you, man. Doing good. A little bit hopeful at the minute. We're going to be hearing uh, some news today, hopefully over here on our little island to see what's happening in terms of us getting out of lockdown and catching up with England and all the rest of it. And So, so we're looking forward to that later on. Apart from that, doing good. Went on holiday last week, believe it or not. Uh, I don't know whether I'm allowed to say that. Did, did I go illegally? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, went away to a little cottage not too far from you. We ended up doing the uh, the podcast in the same house, which was a little bit different, wasn't it? We haven't we haven't done a podcast in the same room for uh, well over a year. So yeah, uh, so it, it was, was uh, it was weird. Danny, I've, I've got like a man cave slash office, and Danny kind of sat in there, and I sat downstairs in the kitchen, um, obviously for sound quality and, and editorial purposes. But it, it was one of those. Quick hello, goodbye visits, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> Joan and Annabelle seeing 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 my my puppy. But I always say puppy is a German Shepherd. And he's he's, a, he's three years old, so he's not really a puppy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a, it was a quick five visit. It was good to see each other face to face. And uh, yeah, as I say, we did we didn't hug or anything like that. We we kept socially distanced. <laughs> and uh, as I say, it was a, it was an, it was an interview where thankfully Danny actually took a few hours out of his holiday um, to do because we couldn't. Uh, we couldn't turn that down with George, could we? Now last week, Danny. Exactly. Yeah. No, it was it was well worth it. And uh, to be fair, it was like the holiday. We didn't really do all that much. It was probably one of the highlights of my week. Um, I enjoyed doing it. So it was. Uh, so yeah. So it's it's been nice all in all. Nice to get away. Nice to relax. Hopefully, looking hopeful for the future. And obviously, we've got the news this week. Obviously, it doesn't necessarily concern us as Liverpool fans, but um, obviously, they're given tickets now for the Carabao Cup. So everything's looking. Bright and hopeful at the minute. What about yourself? What have you, what have you been at? Yeah, same really, Danny, working. Uh, it was obviously great to have you for a while. Um, not much. I had a tooth pulled out um, a few days ago, which has been awful. Um, and I might have to get another one pulled out tomorrow. So anyone that's had a trip to the dentist during lockdown knows it's not to get your teeth whitened or for a bit of crap. It's 
for something bad. So yeah, but I'm kind of getting over it a little bit now. But apart from that, Danny, watching as much football as possible. Um, I missed a bit of the Villa game on on Saturday last week there, um, which we're going to discuss now, um, which you obviously watched, Danny. Um, obviously, I've seen bits and I've seen highlights. Um, and what a goal by Trent to win it. Um, he seems to, since he's had those critics not been in England, but he seems to have stepped up another level, hasn't he? Looking look around, we did again yesterday. He actually was one of our bright players. But let, let's go to Villa. Um, 2 1 win. Uh, one of those games where, you know, we were one down, we equalised with Mo Salah, and then Arnold scored. These, these wee memes going around on social media saying that he definitely said to himself and said, Gerard, when he, when he scored that winning goal. <laughs> night. And it was unusual to see him on that like kind of inside left position, putting in the top bin. Mm. Uh, but it just goes to show that he's, you know, he's more than just a defender. But how did you see the game uh, going beforehand? And how, obviously, it was an important victory, wasn't it, Danny? It was. And you know what? Like, Villa are a good side. Like, Villa... Like I think when they beat us at the start of the season, we maybe thought to ourselves, "Oh, well, that's it's always going to be a fluke." And and Villa generally, like it's Aston Villa, so they're going to be in the round sort of relegation positions. But I think Villa proved themselves this season. They're a good team, got good solid players there. Uh, like so Ollie Watkins, who scored obviously on the day, scored against us in both games. Now, like really, really good player. And even just the grafters that they've got in the team, the the John McGinns and the Trezeguets and players like that. They've got a good squad, um, so so I knew it was going to be a tough game. I knew it wasn't going to be an easy one for Liverpool. It's probably going to be one of the harder games towards the end of the season. Um, but yeah, I think it was nice. First of all, it was nice to see Trent back to his usual form. I think he knew Gareth Southgate was in the in the stands, and it's not as if he <laughs> can hide away there in like a, a luxury box like you do in normal games. He's sitting there wide open, just sitting in the stands, everyone can see he's there, and Trent to give us a little nod at the end when he goes and fires that across the goal to win the game, kissing the badge and all, so there is a little nod to Gareth Southgate there that like my club comes first. Um so it was it was good. It was an interesting game. I think we were solid enough again at the back. Um a couple of little mistakes, but generally I think we've come to expect that now and as I said, I think we've got to keep reminding ourselves that Kabak has come into a very stressful situation here in terms of the defensive worries that we've had all season. He's been brought in to try and plug a hole um, and he's he's still adapting, adapting to the league, adapting to the team. And then Nat Phillips, Nat Phillips in a normal season, we, we wouldn't have even have known Nat Phillips' name this season had everything had gone normal. And I think we've got to keep remembering that he's, he's a young lad there's going to be mistakes in them. There's mistakes in everyone when they start the career at such a big level, never mind having to come into a team defending a Premier League title. Um, so there was the odd mistake at the back, but I think all in all, we played well. And I think we did. I, I, personally, I think we deserve to win the game. Um, so yeah, it was it was nice to see it. And it was nice to see Jota starting. I was surprised that he didn't start against Madrid, but that's, that's something that we're going to go into a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, no, it was good to watch. Do you think, I was going to ask you about this actually, we're looking, we said before, we're looking to the future, we're looking to what's going to happen um, next season, fans coming back into the stadiums and stuff. Do you think there's a place for, for doing what's been done this season in terms of showing every single game on TV? Or do you think it's been, because I, I don't know about you, I love the fact that the games are on TV, but also it feels like the schedule has been mental. 
and it feels like teams have really suffered because of it. Like, do you think it'll go back to the usual Saturday three o'clock kickoffs with everyone playing, or would you like to see it carry on the way it is? I don't know, man. It's an interesting point, Danny. I have to say, um, I like the way the game's on TV because there's always football on, and like, obviously, it, it, these like these Saturday night fixes was a bit unusual, isn't it? Because Saturday night football is normally half five, and by half seven, you're like, right, okay, well, you know, you wait for match of the day or whatever you do on Saturday night. But the fact that you can play football on a Saturday night, um, at, you know, more games on Friday night too, just goes to show that like, we can do that. What I think we should do that personally. I, th- I think. I'm all for it, and I like the fact that it's more football. And then they were all big Liverpool fans, but we're football fans, and we enjoy watching football. Mm. And um, I mean, don't get me wrong; there's been years gone by where you know you see Super Sunday. Super Sunday used to be, you know, Liverpool Arsenal in the pimp, or United Chelsea, or you know City United. That's how Super Sunday used to be. And now these days, you're seeing Super Sunday like you know Southampton Wolves, and then you know Bournemouth West Brom, or you know, West Brom Sheffield United, that's not a Super Sunday. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I don't know. It's one of them where it's going to be discussed and the powers of that be are going to make the decisions. But, yeah, I think there's a case for that. But the, I have sat there on a few occasions watching Gillette Soccer Special and uh, you're watching, like, you know, Paul Mason do Arsenal versus Southampton. And the next thing you know, you've, you've got, like, maybe, you know, one, one of the other boys doing, like, a championship game. You're like, what? Championship game? Because there's no other Premier League games, you know? <laughs> Um, so that kind of gets soaked away because you all used to four or five games being on a Saturday but hey whatever happens happens but I have enjoyed it I have enjoyed it um, I'm sure you have as well Danny it's good to know that there's like football on all the time isn't it yeah that's the thing and I think I, I think if you'd have asked me maybe five six years ago I'd have said to you no no it, it's good the way it is I like the whole Saturday three o'clock and I think it's because we grew like me and you are the same in this in terms of we both we grew up around Anfield. We loved the Saturday three o'clock, the buzz of the people coming past your house, the buzz of like the stadium filling up, hearing the atmosphere in the air, going to the match. A whole gearing up for Saturday three o'clock kickoffs was was great, and I always enjoyed that coming back, hearing of all the other results, going watching match of the day of the evening. But I think living over here, I think that having all the games on TV has been great. Because because over here you don't really get that that same thing anymore unless you've got a ridiculous amount of money you're not making it over for Liverpool games like every every game of the season you, you're getting very few um so I, so I enjoyed having the, the games on TV I've enjoyed watching uh, being able to see all the different games as you said as a football fan it does take away you take this Sunday for instance this Sunday's Super Sunday is Arsenal v Fulham um, either of them are getting. Arsenal Fulham followed by Man United v Burnley. Like, but that's that's not that's that's hey, just, so, fair, that's just something. Now, Burnley are a good team. They knocked they, they beat the champions, so um, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, to be I'll look forward to that one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, listen, uh, hey, some good points made there, and uh, as I say, I'm sure the pass that will be make decisions. But just going back to the Villa game, um, they've been a bit of a bold team in the past. Uh, I do remember an FA Cup semi-final. We got knocked out and we won't talk about the 7-2 because that was just like the start of... Anyway, we won't go into that. Yeah. But uh, one, 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 apart from Arnold and a few performances, um, for Thiago did, did all right from what I've seen. Mm. Um, Salah, is he going to get that golden boot? Because as I say, in what's been a... Let's be honest, it's turned out to be a bit of a depressing season. Um, he's on for another golden boot. Yeah. And would you think he'll get it? And I mean... 
as I'm looking at Manny and looking for me, no, like they have really not been the best this season, have they? Um, I think you can say that with five, six, seven games to go now that you know, unless they have outstanding ends of the season, it's not been great seasons for for Manny and for Mino. But as for Sally, you can't really say that, can you? Because he's not really his his statistics and his form hasn't really changed for the last like what four years. Mm. And uh, I'm really disappointed in Mane this season. I think there's one of the things that I've always said about Mane in the build-up like, to, to every season has been that Mane, for me, has always been the player that can drag us through. He's the only player for me that has looked like that, almost like Gerard character, that there's been games where Salah... Salah is consistent. Salah's consistent in the way that he plays. He scores goals, which is great. But when you need like that, when we're at a stalemate and you need that extra edge... For me, Marnie was the only one that was that was close to Gerard. That was that grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck game and try and win it. And and since New Year, you just haven't seen that with Marnie. Yesterday was the same. Yesterday, watching the Real Madrid game was exactly the same. You were watching him slip over at different points. He just didn't look like he had that edge. He didn't look like he had that hunger anymore. I don't know what's going on. And I know it's it's easy that that everything's been smokescreened because of the injuries this season and things like that. But there is something going on there with Marnie that that I think watching him yesterday was probably the first time I've looked properly and gone. He looks like a player that doesn't want to play for us anymore, and I think that's that's a worry. And I don't know whether that's just bad form and I'm not, I'm just being down on himself and and kicking himself because he's not scoring goals. Um, but he just he didn't look. The Mane that we've known over the last four seasons, the Mane that can grab a game and take everyone on and do something that that nobody else can do in a match. He looked like a bit of a shell of himself yesterday, which was which was sad. And and in a season where we probably need to revamp the team and maybe get rid of five or six players, it worries me that that we've said all season that one of the front three may end up going in the summer, and it worries me that that Mane might be that one. Well, yeah, that, that's as I was saying there. I mean. Salah has been consistent in all that he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's definitely on for that golden boot. Um, and we're all kind of favourite. Let's just go straight straight into the Real Madrid game. Um, for me, Danny, I thought it was a good performance. Um, I thought we missed key chances at key times. Um, and I thought that if a goal went in crowd or not, it would have changed the dynamics of the game. But we just couldn't get that goal. You know, yeah. Notably, there was the Salah chance at the beginning. He was the one album chance after that. Um, and just, you know, just a Firmino chance in the second half. Um, but, I mean, first of all, what did you make of the game? Um, do you see... Here's how I can analyse so far we're up to. Mm. Three weeks ago, it seemed like the league was over. We're not, no chance of getting top four. And it was all about the Champions League. Now that we're out the Champions League, I'm sitting there thinking, well, considering the squad we've got, it's actually a decent achievement to get to quarterfinals. Um, and we have a real chance of the top four now. Real, real chance. Not just a Outside chance. So, first of all, how did you see the game going? Um, and do you think it could maybe be a blessing in the skies now that we can focus on the league? Or not? Yeah, I've I seen the game same as you, and the same as what Jürgen Klopp said in his post-match conference as well, is that it was a good game. I think we lost the tie in Madrid. We didn't lose the tie in Anfield. I think in Anfield we played a good, solid game. We played well. We were solid at the back. We played out well. Um, the only I think concern I would have is that we played far too narrow. I think I think the team expected Robbo and Trent 
to run those lines and be up there at the top, giving us the width, but also giving us the defence as well. And I think, you know yourself, if you can be the fittest player in the world, if you're expected for 90 minutes to be covering 120-yard sprints, like it's just it's it's going to affect people's games, and I think towards the end of the game, we were we were hitting the ball out to Trent and hitting the ball out to Robbo, and when they were putting in crosses, they weren't beating the first man, and that's not their fault. It's because they were being made to run those lines, and Klopp was screaming from the sidelines to to give us width. He actually shout, you heard him shout at one point during the game, "Are we just going to keep playing this?" Because he was shouting for the fact that we were trying to play these neat niche through balls through the middle, playing so narrow that that we couldn't do it, and we we had no plan B. They just kept trying the same thing and the same thing, and Real Madrid just just soaked it up in the way that Real Madrid do when they're playing. Well, you needed players like the one Arden's Milner's, maybe Thiago when he come on, and I thought when Thiago come on actually quite played quite well, like making forward runs and yep. making inside runs and making. You know, different angles from crosses. I heard that in the commentary and stuff. Um, but I mean, what I what I can say that we did make we did have chances. Didn't we? It's not like it was a disappointing performance because realistically, by half time we should have been three 0 shouldn't we? Yeah, and and I think the biggest thing because I was actually speaking to a few people. Um, I was speaking to my brother and stuff like that before the game. We always we have like a family chat, and my my mum's probably the biggest football fan in my family, uh, mm-hmm. and she always writes to us before the games. Hello like, for Danny's mum. <laughs> she she doesn't listen to me. She's not interested. Um, <laughs> but she she writes on. She's like, "Do you think we're going to win? Or do you think we're going to get on?" And I said, "A game like that yesterday against Real Madrid, I would be full of hope and and almost be be thinking that we're definitely going to go through if it was a normal season with fans. But this season, we know that like we're missing that twelfth man, that man that we said they were saying in the commentary. It was like." Could this be a night like against Barcelona, like against Borussia Dortmund? Could it be like an Istanbul moment where we come back and win the game? All of those moments, you think back to those great comebacks that Liverpool have made, you think of the atmosphere, you think yeah. of the fans, you think of the, the entering the stadium, the tension that the other team feels. None of that was there yesterday. And for a team that is as experienced as Real Madrid, like you're not looking at... Like a like a Porto, or you're not looking at a at a lower team. You're not looking at like a low down Premier League team. You're looking at Real Madrid, probably one of the greatest football teams in the history of football, with a a ridiculous amount of money to be able to bring in the best players. Like they were saying about the fact that oh well, they're missing Varane and they're missing Ramos. Like their team is unreal, even when they're missing key players. So so to try and to to say that to say that Liverpool with the makeshift defence that we've got and all the rest of it and the injuries that we've got, to say that we had a chance against a team like that without our atmosphere, I think was always going to be a, a massive uphill battle. I think Liverpool made a good account of themselves in that second leg, but but for me we for me and we were never gonna win it. Well, yeah, I mean I, I get what you're trying to say. Someone said I've heard um, on the radio beforehand when they were previewing the game I think on Radio 5 Live Stephen Warnock said that some teams went to Anfield and, and they lost the game before they even stepped on the bits yeah. because of the atmosphere I think two things have changed football games at that level the goals which we didn't score mm. and we nearly did but we didn't and second thing is atmosphere uh, well the third thing as well maybe it's decisions but there wasn't any kind of there was one one tackle on um, Arnold which I thought could have been a red card but um, the, we didn't have atmosphere because there was no one there we didn't score a goal and we didn't really have a decision go our way. So, as you said, that the, the tie was kind of lost in Madrid. 
And plus, I think the biggest thing that we're forgetting about, I mean, and this probably just dips the fans is that there's no Divock Origi there, you know? <laughs> that, I, think that, I think that's the biggest thing. <laughs> if Divock Origi come on, you know, that would have been it. Real Madrid would have absolutely shot the fans. So that, that's, that's what would have happened. As, as, as the same saying goes, Football is nothing without a Regi. There you go. All, jo- all, all joking aside. Right in the second half, guys, we're going to discuss the Leeds United game coming up um, and how we think the season's going to go for us. So in the meantime, thank you for listening to Amu and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Right, everyone, welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now, we've discussed a little bit about the games that have passed, but we have got a big game coming up on Monday. As Ammo said before, one of the things, well, the only thing that we've got to focus on now is getting into that top four for next season. Ammo is hoping beyond hope that that happens because he wants to keep his eyebrows and he doesn't want West Ham to get in there. But it's going to be an interesting one. It's tight now. I said, oh. West, like I think it comes down to West Ham and Chelsea in a couple of weeks, and Liverpool are still creeping in there. They're still in and around. Um, Tottenham have done exactly what I said Tottenham were going to do a couple of months ago, and they've absolutely bottled it. So they haven't got a chance. Neither of Arsenal, neither of Everton. So we'll see how it goes. I think it's a three-horse race now between West Ham, Chelsea, and Liverpool. So we've got Leeds coming up on Monday. Ammo, Leeds, obviously stats-wise, the most physical team in the league. They're not afraid to come out. They're not afraid to attack us. Beat City a couple of weeks ago. How, how do you see it going? Well, they gave us a game at the beginning of the season. The first game of the season, it was it's a nightmare. I think we just edged it with a most solid penalty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of those games where, again, you, we we look, we've discussed like the previous games, like your Newcastle and your West Broms and your Burnley's. We've got results against us. Um because I've put 10 men behind the ball, made it frustrating, nip, nip the set piece. Leeds aren't like that. Leeds are like coming to the categories like your Wolves and your Everton's where they've got quality throughout the team. Um, Bamford's on fire. Um, there's a wee boy on the wing that his name comes away from me. Forget his name, but he's, he, he, is it Harrison, I think? Left wing, like, Jack Harrison. Yeah. It's quality. like Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a handful for anyone. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a game that, again, if we've got any hope to get on top four, we've got to win. Um, there's no, no, no. It, it, that's it. Every game's a must-win game now in the league, and that's all we've got to focus on. So I think if we win every game between now and the end of the season, we get top four. You say free horse race between Chelsea, West Ham, and us. Um, West Ham aren't getting top four. So <laughs> don't worry about that. Uh, Chelsea now. I know they have. They've obviously qualified for the semi-finals of the European Cup. Hopefully that can be a bit of distraction. But apart from that one game against West Brom, where they had a bit of a nightmare, I think Thiago was sent off. Mm. Under Thomas Sukkot have been amazing, so it's going to be real. It's like the old days, but I say that's it now. Here's how it is: we finish top four. It's it's a write-off season. Forget about it. But we're in the Champions League. Let's move on. We don't. The season's been an absolute disaster, um, and keeping players might be hard enough. Never mind attracting players in. Um, but yeah, in a nutshell, Danny leads to the, that type of team that's a football to throat, and it's going to be end. There's going to be goals from the end to end. Monday Night Football Entertainment. Um, I can see it being like a 4-3. Again, no matter. Um, you just hope and you just pray that uh, we we get more goals than them. And I think I think it's literally that. That's it. It's hard to predict. Um, hopefully, after the disappointment going to go into Champions League, they've got to focus on this now. Um, and yeah, I think I'll go suffice to say, as far as to say, that if Liverpool don't win against Leeds, 
that's us out the top four chase. Um, I don't see Chelsea losing two or three games before the end of the season now. Um, West Ham, I mean, as you say, it's one of them seasons where anything can happen. Don't see them getting top four, but um, I don't see them losing a lot of games either. So realistically, with seven games to go, I think it is, we've got to win maybe five, draw two, if not win six, draw one. If mm. we don't win, I can't see us getting top four, especially against the likes of Leeds because, as I say, they're a tough team. And see if we don't turn up, they could easily put three or four past us. They beat City there recently. Um, they're a match for anyone in the day. Um, I'm just hoping that because we've got the extra few days to recover from midweek, it'll be a tight, solid game. And uh, do you know what, Danny? Like what hasn't happened a lot this season? Hopefully, a couple of our front three turn up. Um, love to see Jota get a start. Um, and yeah, I just think we need to kind of just go out all guns blazing now. That that victory against Villa meant a lot there because if we didn't get that last minute goal against Villa. You could be sitting there going, well, do you know what? There's an outside chance, but there's a real chance we'd have to win this game. How do you see it going? Yeah, uh, similar to you. I think these are the games now. These next, for me, the next three games are the games that we really need to sort of get our heads down and we need to really fight. Because you think towards the end of the season, we've got Southampton, we've got West Brom, we've got Burnley, we've got Crystal Palace. All being well within those next three weeks, their seasons are all going to be wrapped up. So they're not going to necessarily have anything to play for. So we're going to have a good chance of being able to go into those games. They're maybe going to be playing a few younger lads, not playing boys that are looking to sell in the summer and all the rest of it. And we'll have a good chance of being able to play a bit more freely and they'll have a go at attacking us because they've got nothing to lose. But the next couple of games that we've got, playing Leeds on Monday, playing Newcastle and playing Man United, they're all teams that have got something to play for now. Leeds, obviously, are really pushing to be able to try and get in those European spaces by the end of the season. Newcastle, obviously, wanting to push away from that relegation zone. And United wanting to stay right up there in second place. So those next games are, are the big games. Our next three games are the biggest ones. I said Leeds, most physical team in the league, never know what you're going to get out of them week by week. They've got some really top players. And obviously, Patrick Bamford's been getting a lot of the, the sort of plaudits as you can imagine because he's, he's played so well um done really well in terms of pushing leads up but he has got such a good team behind him with Rafina and with Stuart Dallas and all of these other players um that are in that Leeds team and, and as you said before Jack Harrison as well who's on loan from Man City um real good players good quality um so it's going to be hard to know Jack Harrison actually actually tormented Trent in that first game that we played against yeah. him uh, he's going to be back. He's he's rested because his last game he didn't get to play against City. So he wasn't allowed to play against his old club. So he's coming back, rested, raring to go against a team that have, have just come off the back of two really big games um, in terms of getting that last-minute winner against Aston Villa, pushing it all that time and then playing the Real Madrid semis. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I think, again, similar to the Aston Villa one, it will be tight. I think it helps us that it's the, the late kickoff. Uh, on Saturday, eight o'clock. Um, so I think that will help. Is it, us not, well. is it not Monday night? Sorry, Monday night, eight o'clock, which gives us even more time than what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so Monday night, eight o'clock, it gives us the longest amount of rest time, which is good. Um, I would like to think, I would like to think that it's going to be another two-one, because I think Leeds will come out. I think they will get a goal. Um, I think they will push us. Uh, I'd like to think though that we can 
edgy, knowing what's at stake, knowing that we need to pick up points here to have any chance of finishing in that top four. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say more than 2 1. I think it's going to be a 3 2 4 3, even more. Um, there's going to be goals, mate. I'm telling you right now in this game, Liverpool leads. It's going to be goals. If you're a better man, throw money on over 2.5 goals in that game because it's going to be lots of goals. Hey, trust me, I'll be nil nil, won't it? But, um, <laughs> yeah. It's, do you know what, Danny? As I say, we've got a bit of time here, so if you don't mind discussing this in a bit more detail, it's kind of mm-hmm. this Mane and Firmino thing and this kind of rejigging the front three. Jota's come in now this season. He's been injured for a bit, but if he wasn't injured, he could have been a real, real kind of argument for him to like kind of, he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet. Now, I fought Firmino's battle, um, and I'm still a huge fan. I'm not saying put Jota in, front, in, in places of them. What I am saying, though, is next season now, I think we do need to rebuild. So you've got you've got Salah, you've got Jota, you've got Mane, and you've got Firmino. Um, let's play devil's advocate and say you, you've got to get rid of two of them, and you can bring two in. Mm. What two are you getting rid of, and why? And what two you're bringing in? Um, and and let's who knows the future. Maybe this won't happen. Maybe maybe it'll be the same from four next season. It'll be amazing. But let's be honest. You know, with football fans, we've seen enough over the. Um, over the years, and we've seen enough things happen um, that players come and go. So I think there's a real chance that they are going to go. Um, a couple of them. So who do you see going? Who do you see coming in? And who would you keep? Speaking of going and coming in, you may have just heard my son coming in mid podcast. <laughs> um, Hello, Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> Told him I was doing a podcast. Doesn't listen to a word I say. Um, I have to go uh, because I don't know the behind the scenes. Because I don't know what's going on. Um, I have to go with my heart. And I think if I was t- told now, everyone's loving the club, everyone's happy there, but we have to rejig the squad. Who are you getting rid of? For me, I'm getting rid of Firmino and I'm getting rid of Salah. Um, yeah, I know, and I know, and I know a lot of people will be thinking, why on earth are you saying wow. Salah? One, because it depends on who you want to bring in. For me, I would be I would be pushing as hard as I can to get either Mbappe or Haaland during the summer. And in order to do that, you have to generate funds. Salah, we will get the most amount of money for. And if you can if you can guarantee getting someone like Mbappe and bringing him into the squad, you're not going to miss Salah as much bringing in a top name like Mbappe. But Salah, out of Salah, Firmino and Mane, Salah's getting you the most money. Salah's getting a good transfer fee. So I would be selling Salah in order to be able to generate the funds to bring in someone like Mbappe or Haaland. And I'd be, bringing in, I'd, be, I'd be getting rid of Firmino as well, just because I think... I think Jota's better than Firmino. I think Firmino's proven over the last season that he, he just he doesn't make it in that pecking order for me. Jota's younger, Jota's, Jota's hungrier, he's scoring more goals consistently. Um, so if you had to, I'd, I'd love to keep Firmino. And I, I think Firmino is just having a bad season. But in terms of this hypothetical, and I, and I happen to get rid of two of them, Firmino and Salah would be my two that I've got. Wow. What about, what about you? Yeah, I was hoping he'd ask. Um, <laughs> for me, Manny. Um, Manny and Firmino. Um, I can see why. I can see why. But why? Uh, with a mean? heavy heart. You said yourself before that Manny is kind of, it looks like he's he's not happy. I think that's it. Mm. I think he's kind of, he's at the stage now where I don't think, I don't think his level's ever going to get matched where he's been at because the levels he had over the last couple of seasons have been unbelievable. Um, the season he got joint top goal scorer with Saladay was it's actually guttering for him because he didn't get the line like that he deserved. I think it was him, Abamyang, and Sally got three top goal scorer. Yeah. Um, 
And I thought that season was it the two seasons ago. The season we, I think the season we were in the European Cup. He was uh, he was probably the best player of the season. He was better than Salah. Um, but I just don't see. I don't think he's got that design hunger. And he's at the age now where they're all kind of at the age now where the next transfer is the big one. Um, it'd be sad to see them go. I don't want to see them go. But yeah, hypothetically, I'd say Manny, um, and then Firmino as well. Um, again, the thing with Firmino is. What he's done for Liverpool Football Club the last two or three years, or four years, can't be, can't be unappreciated. I don't think Liverpool fans level unappreciate it. You know, he's got that song about him, pass the ball to Bobby and he will score. But pass the ball to Bobby and there's a hell of a lot more than score. He's just so much. We, we don't need to talk. Everyone knows where he does. But again, he's a little bit older than the other two. His next transfer is a big one. I can see him. He's not as happy on the pitches as, as he once was. There was an interesting comment made about Manny not smiling as much. It's the same about Firmino. You don't see the smile as much. Um, and to counteract that, the reason I keep Jota is for obvious reasons. He's, he's a goal-scoring, he's hungry, and he's young. And the reason I keep Salah is simple, goals. Um, this season has proved it. The last four seasons has proved it. No matter how Liverpool play, Salah gets goals. He gets every type of goal. He was famous for a year or two for this inside, getting the ball on the outside, left coming in, curling it in the top bin round the defender, and... He can always get that type of goal, but this season, last season, he, he before that, he's got header goals, he's got tappings, he's got screamers, he scores pens, um, he win, he wins penalties, he, he creates problems. You see defenders absolutely crap themselves when he's got the ball in the box. Um, and the thing about Salah is he's just direct and he's got goals. So for me, he'd be the biggest loss. Um, and I think statistics prove that. I see what you're saying about the Manny and Gerrard comparison. Manny kind of drags Liverpool's, some of Liverpool's performances out of nowhere. You don't see Salah doing that. Um, or, for, or for me, you know, or even Jota for that. Manny's the only one that does that. But when he's not doing that, and he hasn't done that for a long time, there's no argument to be said, let's get someone in that can do that. Um, don't see us getting Mbappe. Don't see us getting Mbappe. I just think he's he's Barcelona, Real Madrid, Man City type of, you know, he's at the very top of the pecking order, and he'll probably be about 200 mil. Haaland now the thing about Haaland he's Norwegian and Norwegians love Liverpool mm. there's a big connection between Dortmund and Liverpool um, so I think if we could tempt Haaland then he's a bit of a different player like people say he's not fast he's not but he scores that many goals he doesn't need to be could he be the new Firmino only better and again he's a goal scorer so imagine him Salah and maybe Jota that would be an unbelievable three if you ask me um, but let's see what happens Klopp stayed on Klopp has decided that he's, he's going to bring Liverpool through this kind of run of form. I hope hope he stays, but we need to revamp the team a lot next season, don't we, Danny? Which um, I'm sure we'll have an episode to focus on that. Um, it'll be interesting, but yeah, as things go, it's all for the top four at the moment. And as you say, the Newcastle uh, game after Leeds and then United, the next three games are the biggest of the season. So let's hope and let's pray that we can we can get that top four. But as I say, if West Ham do get the top four, I will shave my brows. Um, but I'm confident they won't. So there you go. Um, if they do, good luck to them. Um, but yeah, as I say, for me, it'd be Chelsea or Liverpool. And um, let's see. Yeah. And I think for me, for me, I think they'd be the it'd be the only upside to us not getting a top four would be if West Ham got it. I, I'd be the only way I'd be happy at the end of the season. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be keeping it going on social media. We've got to make sure that this happens. But hopefully... It won't, and hopefully it'll be because Liverpool are in the top four. And as you said, I think it's going to be an interesting summer ahead in terms of who we bring in. There's a lot of talk about Haaland. 
There's a lot of talk about him maybe staying at Dortmund for another season um, to be able to generate a, a few different things with Dortmund and other clubs being able to come in to almost start a bidding war. Bayern Munich have said that they want Haaland, but they can't afford him until next summer. Um, so there's talk about them trying to start a bit more to get as much money as possible. Uh, there's also talk about, obviously, because we have such a big deal with Nike, that Nike are potentially wanting to to push through the deal in terms of them providing funds for us to take Mbappe because he is such a big, because he's obviously one of the biggest ambassadors at the minute for Nike. Um, so they're talking about this, that they want him there because it was it would actually help Nike in terms of revenue of sales for shirts and stuff like that. It would certainly help Liverpool a bit. <laughs> it definitely would. So it'd be interesting because, as you said, we can talk all day about Haaland and Mbappe and all these different players, but someone needs to go in order for one of them to come in. So it'd be interesting to see what goes on there. Obviously, last thing to mention just in the last couple of minutes before we finish the pod is that we're recording this on a Thursday uh, for it to go out on a Friday. Today is the anniversary of Hillsborough. Um, which is obviously yeah. something that, as Liverpool fans, we take seriously. Something as local lads from Liverpool, we we remember it. Um, I know that you obviously weren't old enough, Ammo, but I I was sort of remember it. I I've, I have friends and and family members that were there at Hillsborough and stuff. Um, so we talk about football. We love football, but I think days like today, we also remember the importance of it being more than football. That that we remember those types of things and we look forward to fans being back in the stadium um, but today obviously is a good day of reflection um, on, on the downside of, of what that can offer sometimes um, do you have do you have memories of it Amo? do you remember or is it more just the city and, and what we've gone through and the whole thing with the newspaper and, and all that sort of stuff well bleep that dirty horrible word out of this podcast that you just mentioned there um, my, my memories Danny are grown of being Two memories stand out. Um, first memory was being at Anfield. I think for the twentieth anniversary, or the twenty something anniversary. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but when um, your MP from Manchester come, I forget his name now. His name slipped to me. Um, Andy Buchanan. Is that his name? Yeah. Come and, Andy Burnham. Yeah. Andy Burnham. Sorry. And the 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 open Anfield, and they expected maybe half the cough to be filled. And they end up open free freestanding. There was like thirty thousand people come for the memorial service. Yeah, Rafa was there with all the players, and he was having fans there, and everyone just started screaming justice for the ninety six. When he started talking, mm-hmm. and he stopped and he took her in, and he went, he went to the politicians, he went to the MP, to the PM. Sorry, and my memory of being there and just feeling the energy. It was more than football, just seeing everyone break out into justice for the ninety six. And then my second memory. I mean, I was so proud of that moment. It was I was only maybe late teens, and it was like, wow, I just can't believe that's just happened. It was one of those moments where it was like Thursday, Friday afternoon, middle of Liverpool, everyone had, and the, nearly the stadium was nearly full, just for people paying tribute. It was just goes to show what Liverpool is. Um, and the second kind of memory to me is watching it on TV about four or five years ago when we did, I say, get justice, but you know, there was news that there would be. A trial, and you know, mm. people start duck and feel got mentioned, and people started to realize that there was there was a cover up. And seeing that visual outside St George's Hall, I remember sitting there watching TV and watching it. It was on like the, the local news over here in Ireland, um, Northern Ireland. I was watching, it thinking, "Wow, that there is." It was just like you hear the saying, "You mess with the wrong city." Heard Margaret Asimov chat, and she said, "You picked on the wrong city." And I'm getting shivers, you know. 
you've picked on the wrong city. And um, I think that's what all say about Hillsborough is that it was a tragedy, a tragedy that has ultimately could have been avoided. Um, but yeah, it's, just, it's, it's one of them now where whether justice is going to get done or not, I don't know. We're all happened so many years ago and stuff, but you'll never forget. And uh, all I can say is you can sit here all day discussing this. It's such a, a kind of emotional, like, why am I getting emotional? I didn't know anyone, but I am. Does that make sense? I've got that emotion yeah. in me that's like, why am I getting emotional? But it's got that emotional charge inside. It just triggers some kind of being being from Liverpool and knowing that we were effectively on is something that you don't forget. And it'll get passed down during the generations. But what I will say is um, the famous saying I'll end on this is that no one, and I mean absolutely no one, should go to a football game and not come home. And that's that's the, the reality that we Liverpool fans faced and we'll never forget, isn't that right? Yeah, that's the thing, is that yeah, you remember this you remember this day with a lot of different types of emotions. As I said, we, we know what went on in the stadium, we know what happened, we know um all of that and, and especially living over here, I don't know about you, living on the island of Ireland, you get a lot of people, a lot of Man United fans, different things like that will sort of say to you, Oh, well didn't you just bring it on yourselves and, and all these different things of sort of selling fake tickets and stuff like that. And and we're, we're, Liverpool fans have got a reputation of sort of being bitter to a certain degree and 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 sort of always looking like we're backing our own city and backing our own team, even when there's no explanation for it. But I think a lot of people don't understand the history of it. And I suppose it's good to be able to talk about it on this podcast because we have a lot of Irish listeners and a lot of people from Ireland, Northern Ireland, who maybe don't know the history of it very much and why Liverpool has come to be what it is in that whole thing of knowing the situation, knowing what happened in the ground. But we fight because of the aftermath. We fight because of a, a government that turned against the city and not only turned against the people and turned against the club, but turned against the city as a whole, tried to sell us down the river in the 80s, tried to dismantle the city that took away all of our economy to a certain degree, everything to do with the shipyards, everything to do with the, the, the industries that we had that were so big in Liverpool, were, were stripped away, were moved down south to places like Southampton and and Portsmouth and places like that because of the fact that the government wanted to get rid of Liverpool as a city, that we, that we were living in, in utter poverty to a certain degree. You get this whole classic saying that like old fans, they call them bin dippers and stuff like that. And, and a lot of that comes from the fact that, that we were living in absolute poverty because we had a government that completely sold us out because of the fact that we stood up against them, that we did, decided not to turn around and say, OK, we'll just we'll just take it that the government and uh, have sold us out and the newspapers are selling us out and saying that we've done it to ourselves and saying all these lies about us. We fought against them and we stood up. And that's why there's such a, a pride within the city of Liverpool, because we know what what can happen to us if we don't stand up for ourselves we know what liverpool could have been we know liverpool is this amazing city with this great skyline and and so much to offer in terms of tourism and things like that but we know that that wouldn't have happened if we wouldn't have stood up as a city and i have a lot of family that were involved around the hillsborough stuff there's a, a guy that listens to our podcast here matt uh, matt Cophamel, and he was on the research team that's that's enabled that inquiry to take place and enabled that justice to be given a few years ago. Um, so there's so much that we can talk about in regards to it. Um, but it's a day 
not for not for fighting it's a day for remembrance it's a day for us to remember what happened and to remember the the tragedy of what went on um which is so sad that, that we don't forget the history because as they always say if you forget history you're doomed to repeat it and it's important to remember the history remember what went on remember what we fought for as a city uh, and as a football club uh, in order to have the safety measures and in order to be able to enjoy and look forward to having fans back in the stadium now because of the fight that we've made because of what happened in the past. Um, so I think it was important to to mention that, especially with it being today. Um, and it's a good note to be able to end on, to remember that we love football. We're looking forward to the end of the season. We're looking forward to this top four and all the rest of it. But we but we always remember that it's more than football. It, it's so yeah. much we, we we remember the '96, and uh, when when you, when you get drawn into all the discussion about what happened and what didn't happen, justice, just and all that. '96 people, '96 Liverpool football club fans went to a football match and didn't come home. Mm. And uh, I'm not saying people forget that, but you get caught up in the the animosity between certain people and this and that. And as I say, you write on the island of Ireland, people don't have the maybe education as as maybe we and you do, and um, you know, this this thing about justice has it ever been done? It's one of them where it was kind of semi done, but then was it properly done? You know, you had the vigil at St George's all where people kind of, I think people know the story now, and as I say, it, it, it it's it's embedded in history. Um, but yeah, I think the final thing I would just like to say is just you know remember the '96 because that's our brothers, our our dads, our cousins, our sisters, our mothers. You know, our Liverpool family that. That died going to do something they love, and um, it's it's something that should never be forgotten. Mm. Um, and I think Liverpool Football Club, particularly Kenny Daglish, um, has you know been so proud to be associated with that man being probably the, the biggest legend of our club, our greatest ever player, and what he done going to every funeral. And just you know, you could you could almost have an, a, a, a whole podcast on this, but the point is, is that. We we never forget, Danny. We never forget. And this is a um, this day is a somber day for us in Liverpool. And um, yeah, all you can all you can say is to those families that still suffer, you'll never walk alone because we we we, we may not feel your pain, but we, we, we're football fans and we we know how much you know Liverpool means to those people and how much it affected them. So we might not feel your pain day to day, but we stand by we stand. By you, stand by you every day, and as I say, you'll never walk alone because so sad. Mm. And I think that's a good way to be able to to end the pod. And as I said, if you are listening and you have any stories about any of this, or have any thoughts about the season and and how it's going to end up, and you want to um, either come onto the pod or have your stories read out, then write into us on our social media or on our email. And we'd love to be able to include it in our next yep. pod. That's Ammo and Danny's one word, Ammo and Danny's feedback at gmail.com. Perfect. So until next week, hopefully we'll be coming back with some points and a good run up into the top four. But until then, thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.